This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, our twice weekly show on a Tuesday and a Friday at 5 pm UK time. And on Tuesdays, I'm joined by a guest. And today I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the glasses wearing bald man. It's Lee Judges. How you doing, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad, Tom. Thank you very much. I just want to point out on time, you know what I mean? So uh... <laughs> he was on time. We ended up chatting. That's my yeah, fault, to be fair. Exactly. Uh, I'll take a hundred percent of the blame for that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've not we've not caught up in a spell, so it was necessary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. yeah we ain't spoke for a while, have we like, if I'll be honest. So no, basically we fell out, we had a huge falling out, uh, we weren't speaking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly like you know so we've made up now though yeah no best of friends again (laughs) um no it's great to have you on a judge and and chat to you again obviously i mean i've been i've been looking at some of the uh the clips towards the end of this season that are popping up and cropping up on my timeline as they do um and you're not one to lack in anger at the end of the season and uh, i mean i have stolen one of your quotes it's fair to say for the for the thumbnail, um, as you described Arteta as the luckiest manager alive, um, which is a hell of a statement, and we're going to go into that, and obviously plenty more. Um, yeah. But I kind of, I actually want to know before we get into kind of Arsenal because it, it's going to get depressing in a minute. Um, but I want to know how you are, mate, and, and what you've been up to recently, and kind of the social aspect of things. How have you been coping with Arsenal in this situation, from putting it to one side, I suppose, and just dealing with life? Do you know what? Um... I, I'll tell you what, which is a real good, that's a real good thing. I, I think that Arsenal, you know, sort of takes over your life a little bit, like, you mm. know, um, travelling up and down the country, sort of sorting out weekends away and, and everything for the Arsenal and everything. Like. And I, I think that the one good thing that it has done, this this pandemic has sort of done, is made me feel like, uh, um, especially the way we've been playing, that Arsenal's not the be end and end all. Mm. You know, like there are other things in life. Um, even though we haven't been able to do too many things, but 
I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I really see, just want to enjoy life a little bit better, like, you know, and um, uh, I think with the with the current form that Arsenal are in and, and, and have been in probably for the last couple of years now, Tom, if I'll be honest, you know, it's not worth getting the ump and getting upset about it so much um, mm. about losing and all that. You've got, uh, and I've, I've, I've learned to just live with it, like, you know, I, I used to be really angry and not getting to sleep watching after Arsenal games now, but I'm just trying to like not let it affect me. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Thursday, Thursday was different. That did affect me. But, you know, you've got to, you, I think, appreciate where you are in life and appreciate what Arsenal are now and, 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 and not let it rule your life if you can, you know, and I think that maybe in the past we've done that. I'm guilty of it. And um, I'll tell you what I have missed though, Tom. I, I've just missed meeting up with my mates yeah. Having a drink, you know, that's the thing that I, I, I think I've missed more than anything. Forget that the football, um, you know, maybe because you've had it on TV and all that, like, I don't know, but it ain't the same watching it on telly. But ultimately, the banter and, and meeting your friends and that that feeling you have going to games and everything, that's that's what I've missed. But hopefully, you know, um, can get that back and, um, and, 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 and this is going to be a new me, a new me. Let's see. I can't wait to see Lee Judge's mark. Well, this must be about mark seven or eight by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, I, I understand completely what you're saying. I've been saying on the channel for a while and we've kind of been pressing the rhetoric of, look, Arsenal is, is utterly rubbish right now. And it's the lowest of my lifetime of, mm. of, of the years that we're, we're experiencing Arsenal and making sure that you've got escapes. I mean, for obviously both me and you working and, and earning a living from, from the game and, as well makes it a lot more difficult. Um, and football fulfills our minds throughout the day, but it's so key mm. to have extra things, be it family, be it hobbies, 100%. be it anything else. And that, and you do need to find that escape. So we do encourage you all to do that. Um, but we are going to talk about Arsenal, of course. Otherwise, it'll be a bit silly calling the show Let's Talk Arsenal and not having yeah. a discussion about it. Um, Cayman Guna, thank you so much for the super chat. He says the fan base is choosing to be divided on Arteta over being united against Cronky. It's an interesting point. Josh mm -hmm. and Stan are probably loving the attention change. You were obviously at the protests uh, the other week. It was... Yeah. It was a little bit disappointing the other day. Obviously, I wasn't. I'm not able to attend at the moment because of vulnerabilities and the pandemic going on with people in my close circle. But it was disappointing to see kind of the 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 other one the other day, kind of so low. And I know that they're pushing for another two towards the end of the season. Mm. Um, and there's a couple of decent videos that came out uh, during those protests about like if we can't get together for this, uh, how are we ever going to hope to get him out? Talk to me about kind of your feelings around the protest. I know you definitely went to the other one, but talk to me about kind of your feelings around that side of things. Yeah, I think that, um, I think the first protest was fantastic. And and and, um, and I have to say that, um, applaud every Arsenal fan because we, we, we made our point very, very clear without no trouble and everything like that. And I don't know if maybe what Man United done the other week, maybe just... Um, stop people going and, and, and whatever. I don't mm. know because um, you don't want to have violence at things like that and you don't want to see things that happen and all that. And I just think that um, at this moment in time, doing it every, every game would dilute it, in my opinion. That's only my opinion. I think that, you know, um, do like the end of the season now, like one against Brighton, uh, it's something to go for the first game of the season or or even in between in the summer, 
you know, but just keep hammering it home that it's not for them. But if you keep doing it every week, of course fans are going to get not disillusioned with it. Like, you know, people think, oh, well, I'll tell you what will happen. And I think this is what they're, oh, well, they got got 4,000 there. I won't go this one because there'll still be another 4,000 there and whatever. And I don't think it yeah. quite got the same sort of thing. But I think now we're, we've... Um, there's been a lot more advertisement for this one, and I think that's that's that is important. And I also think it being a game as well. And I, do you know what I'm going to say this now, Tom? I think a lot of people, and I'm myself included. I'm going to put. I'm just talking for myself, but I'm so down about Thursday that nothing at this moment with Arsenal really bothers me. I'm 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 just really down about the whole football club, and um, I, I feel that you know. I just wasted energy, I suppose. I just didn't, you know, I didn't even want to watch the game. You know, if it wasn't for, if I was just a fan, you know, I wouldn't have watched that game. I, I couldn't be bothered. You know, I, I'll be honest. Yeah. I know this is painful to say. If that was, a, now listen, I knew, I know. You're not alone, mate. You're, you're yeah, really not. Yeah. If it wasn't a 12, you know, listen, if, if it was a normal game, just say like normal circumstances, you could go to the game. It's not going to be a seven o'clock kickoff, like, but, because that don't help, but it would have been a 12 o'clock, two o'clock, whatever time kickoff on a Sunday. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone, whether I, I, I would not have bothered going to that game. I would have, you know, and that, that's, that's how low the club is making me feel at the moment, like, you know, it was just, and I think it was, do you know what, the, when we won, when we won on, Sunday that wound me up because we scored goals which we probably should have gone for. So everything about Sunday just wasn't really good, you know. So I don't think it was a great time to protest. But listen, people that did, I admire them for it, like you know. But I think that what we've got to do is, as a fan base, is like um, put out pointers of what ones to go for and really make it, you know, big and big, big. Um, fan base so that there's it shows it like and, and obviously peacefully I don't want to see what Man United did and things like that even though it was it was look it's at the publicity they got yeah. from it but it ain't the right way to go I thought our one uh, Everton was fantastic um, and you know was to the point Exactly. Um, and and what I, I want to uh, kind of clarify as well what you were saying, because whilst you're saying you wouldn't have gone to the game, I think I don't want people interpreting that as saying you're not necessarily caring um, about no. the fact. That, but I can tell for people that obviously aren't don't go to games or aren't able to go to games because of their location or because of travel or whatever, it actually is quite a commitment to go to I think even a home game. It is a commitment with the travel and the time and the money that's involved in going to the games and stuff. It, it, it does it is a hell of a lot of money just to go before you even get to your ticket so i think it's important to kind of put that out there and it's not a case of not supporting the team and not wanting it's, it's not like oh, you're no, turning around and saying you didn't want them to win the not. game it's ridiculous but well, like I've, 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 you know i'm happy that arsenal won and cheered when arsenal scored but mm. there is, there comes a time when there's a tipping point and and um it's got nothing to do with um um, where the team is or, or whatever um, because I, in in the 80s I, I used to go quite a lot in the 80s when we was we was even worse than this if I'll be honest this is not the worst Arsenal time by the way it's mm. virtually very very close to it but what is the worst is that you know like we had people on the ball at that time that were hurting and, and cared and, and sorted it out at the end I don't see that I don't see no end with these with these guys you know Listen, things weren't great under the Hill Woods, if I'll be honest, at times. They were great times as well. But ultimately, they were there every game. So when we lost to Walsall, 
and Coventry back in those days. Um, oh, sorry, we we actually lost to Walsall and then West Brom. And West mm. Brom were down the bottom of the table, and that was the one that really got Terry Neal out, I suppose. 13,000 fans there, Tom. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, it, it was doom and gloom. And um, But the Hillwoods and the owners were there seeing that as well and feeling our pain as well and, and done saying about it. I, I don't see them... And, I, and, I, and that's what I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, it's not, I, I, and somewhere along the line, I feel like if, if that was a game and I didn't turn up, I was supporting the calls, if you know what I mean, like yeah. by, by an empty stadium. So it's a difficult one. It is. It is really hard to kind of find your place in, in, it's almost like you think of yourself as a tiny speck in the universe. And it feels a little bit like that as an Arsenal fan at times, thinking that you, there's not much you can really do unless everyone comes together at once. And even then, with the amount that's been tried, planes, banners, uh, boycotts, protests, marches, and still they're here. It is incredibly disheartening and very difficult to, to keep getting knocked back and, and retry and go again. And that is obviously the biggest challenge is to keep going. It's like someone making the New Year's resolution to go to the gym. It's very hard to get up every single morning and still go when you don't necessarily maybe see the change in yourself and maybe not seeing the change in the club does dishearten and does this kind of discredit and not necessarily yeah. discredit. It makes exactly. it more difficult um, to do exactly. so. Um <laughs> What do you have any kind of hope from your perspective around uh, the idea of change, or do you read obviously and, and hear what's been said during fan forums from those guys? What you see in press releases that they're so stubborn and intent in not selling. Do you see that changing? Do you see no, Daniel Ek being successful? No, I don't. I, I I I don't see him selling the club. Why? Why? I, I, I'll be honest. Now, I don't think they care so about what the fans feel because if they cared about what the fans feel, they'd have done something about it mm. two seasons ago. You know, I, I think that, um, I don't think they're going to sell. I, I listened to what, you know, a couple of weeks ago, oh, there's going to be loads of changes and all that. And then I see Mikel Arteta come out today saying, well, it depends on this and depends on that. Mm. I don't really see a lot of change. You know what I mean? Um, um, you know, if Arteta's not going to go, then he's got to change five or six players again. So, um, and you know, and then bringing another five or six. I, I think the only thing that I think's great about Arsenal Football Club at the moment is the youngsters. But um, whether they're you know going to be you know is Saka going to stay or is he going to be sold? Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I'm not saying he's going to be sold next season, but you know what I mean. Like there's going to come a stage where the watershed moment where he's going to think to himself, "Well, hold on a minute." Or, are the club going to match the ambitions of um, of yeah. me? Yeah. And at this moment in time, that the clubs you know can't match the ambitions of uh, of an Everton or a, or an Aston Villa or someone like that, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. So, you know, and and what what it is at this moment, Tom is is it's it's a cons consistent decline. It's constant decline. You know top four, then it was fifth, now now we're tenth. When when is it gonna stop? When are these owners gonna turn around and say enough's enough? This has got to stop. We've got to address it. When when we're relegated, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that we are, but when you know you keep going the way we're going, there's only one we we we're certainly not going up, are we? We're we're moving moving down and down. And mm. it is it's disheartening. It's disheartening. I, 
I don't really see anything happening. This uh, we could actually be here this time next year and talking about the same things. That's how I feel, and that's that is the worry. I don't trust the owners. I don't trust the manager. No more. I don't trust him no more. Yeah. Um, so uh, and, and the players, I lost trust with them uh, a long, long time ago. A long, long time ago. And a lot of stuff needs to change. We saw the press conference today, and it was it was a strange press conference because it was so conflicting for me in a number of ways because it felt like the obvious examples of the Cronkies' words being proven to mean nothing because if there's the big plans to invest, as we're told, then why does Arteta need to come out and tell us that they need to change the plan for the summer? Because if the plan for the summer involves wanting to buy XYZ player and there's big plans from the ownership to go and invest in those mm. players, why do we need to change that? Because, I mean, arguably the difference between us achieving European football in comparison to, say, an injection of money from them when financial fair play is no longer a factor, it, it does contradict in my mind those words about big plans to invest and what we see and even the talking about being able like we have to sell players to buy players um and i'm maybe part of that is just because of the size of the squad and needed to move players on and make space for incoming but he didn't say that it, it, no, was, exactly. about, it was about the finances that, that came mm. into kind of the, the forefront of the conversation it looks like he's staying lee is the ultimate thing like we we can we can talk about the fact that I, I felt, even though I've backed the guy a lot, that I felt that after the game against VRL, that's a deserving moment to probably move the coach on at that point. Um, and obviously, I know that at the start, it's not even the start of the season, but throughout the season, especially into kind of the more difficult parts, even during Christmas where it was really low, you yourself were still very much kind of, no, we need to stick with this guy. Yeah. The players are at fault at this point. Do you? Is there a part of you that now, obviously, you've said things obviously over on AFTV about kind of wanting to move on from the manager he's got to go and you get criticised for changing your mind. We get we come up with this kind of conversation on TGT a lot, the, the kind of the concept of being able to change your mind about something do, and, and being criticised for doing Ooh. so, for having your mind. What do you think about kind of the criticism of, of changing your mind as such on a topic as big as, as the manager throughout the season and people turning to you and saying, well, you said before that you wanted him to stay and now you're saying that you wanted to go. So you were wrong before and this obsession with that, but trying to point out that people are wrong. How do you feel about that well, kind of concept? Well, I don't think anybody's wrong. You know, I mean, first and foremost, it's your opinion. Mm. So, you know, I mean, how can you be wrong with your opinion? It doesn't mean there's no right and there's no wrong. What 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 it is, and um, as far as I'm concerned, is like, you know, I, I can... I. I I watch Arsenal Football Club and it's a results business. So, you know, when you're up, when you win a game, you're, you're going to be like that and, and, and not. And, you know, mm. I'll get called a flip-flop. I'm hoping for a, a sponsor with uh, Havana's or something like that. <laughs> like, uh, we never know. But what I'm saying is, that, yeah. you know, I, there are, there are so, first and foremost, it's not about being right about wrong. I want Mikel Arteta to succeed because if he does succeed, then Arsenal is successful. If he's going to get the sack, it means that we've had a season like we've had now. So, you know... Yeah. And ultimately, I, I, I see good things in Mikel Arteta and I, I, I see things that are not good about him. And then all of a sudden, what, what happens is it, it does come down to results. Now, it's no good saying to, to people in the past where it's a results business because ultimately, Arsene Wenger was a loved man at Arsenal Football Club. The reason that people fell out of love with him is because results, Tom. You know yeah. what I mean? Performances, you know, same with it. 
Emery, I, 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 I want to, I don't really, whether I like Arteta or not, it's about him being successful. Now, I don't think that you should be jumping on the bandwagon of wanting him out and then gloating on it because ultimately Arsenal fouled. Um, and, and same if he was winning, I'm like, you know, why dig out the people that want him, want him gone as well? So, yeah. uh, I don't really understand that. You, I think what you've got to do is is look at it logically. And I, I feel that I have looked at it logically. I've wanted to back him. I've wanted him to be successful. It hasn't worked. It's not worked. You know, ultimately, the, the biggest question would have been if he'd have actually have won, um, if he would have uh, won, say, the, the Europa League, it would have come up as a bigger question. Then do you keep him and all that? Like, you know, so for me, he had he had two objectives. He had an objective to, to get to the Champions League. He had two objectives to do it. Top four, which was going to be very, very difficult. And yeah. the Europa League was going to be very, very difficult. The Europa League, to be fair, to be fair, has been a, a shambolic all the way through. I don't think we've yeah. been brilliant all the way through from the group stages, all through the knockouts. It's been poor. And the semi-finals to me were the tipping point. I have to say, like, you know, like, I've, we've gone against, I watched Chelsea versus Real Madrid the, the night before. It's the worst Real Madrid team I've seen since I can remember, Tom. I can't remember yeah. a worse Real Madrid. They're second or third in the league. Ten times better than than what Villarreal. Look how we struggled against Villarreal. Look how it was awful. And and I have to say, you know, you live and die on by your sword. And the decisions that he made in the first leg, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't think you can survive from a tenth in the league. I don't think, if you be honest, any other club, and I include Spurs in this. I I include any club. In, in in the the uh, Italian teams, French teams, and whatever the big so the, the big ones, if they come tenth in the league, would they survive? Would Oli Solskjaer survive if Manchester United were tenth in the league? No way, no way. So mentality wise, you know, Spurs got rid of uh, Mourinho because they they felt that he'd failed to get them in top four. You know. Um, whether you like Tottenham or not, that shows a ruthlessness that I'd like to see from our football club at times, you know. Um, and, the, you know, Chelsea, are, you know, we get it with Chelsea because they're a different animal, but they were on the same points as us when they changed their manager. Now, ultimately, people go and try and compare Chelsea to Arsenal. No, we're not, I'm not comparing about the budget, but the same players, because let's face it, he's not had any other players. The same players were not performing under... Um, Frank Lampard are all of a sudden performing under a new manager. So that could happen with Arsenal, like, you know, I mean, players could start being better than what they are. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the one thing that's swayed me more than anything is that, and, I, and I've said this before, I don't buy programmes at Arsenal, but if I did, I'd be reading programmes at games now because I'd be bored. The football's yeah. woeful. It's woeful. You know what I mean? And, and that, is, that is ultimately it. It's not entertaining. It's not winning football neither. And I'm, I'm sorry, from, from that point of view, when you've got players like Saka, Smith-Rowe, Ulegaard, Aubameyang, Martinelli, guys like that, in, in uh, Pepe, and you can't have a shot on one shot on target in a semi-final. I don't think we had three or four. It wasn't even a penalty, by the way, you know, in the first leg. No. That, that is not good enough. It's not acceptable. And 
you know, I look at things, Tom, you know, Gabriel, we signed Gabriel, he wasn't playing. We signed Willian in the summer, didn't, wasn't involved. So mm. things are not right at the football club, you know, and, and that's my opinion. That's why my opi opinions change, you know. I watched us in the FA Cup this time, you know, at the end of last season. I thought we was fantastic and I thought, oh, we've, we really look like a, a side. But we can't string five wins together. One of those reasons being the manager keeps changing and chopping the team around all the time and we haven't got the consistency of a manager uh, that believes in his players for whatever reason. Well, OK, that's fair enough. And also, if I was Mikel Arcet, one of the biggest things for me is this, I, I, would you want to, I wouldn't want to be known as Pep's uh, light yeah. or whatever. I want my own identity. Yeah. Go out there and give, get your own identity. Don't copy somebody else. Yeah, take ideas from him. Take ideas from somebody else. But ultimately... You know, you don't want to be what um, another manager is, and that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I the experimentation of a false nine in the first leg just stunk of out of ideas for me, and just reverting to kind of looking at what Man City have done and, and what his, yeah. his former uh, his former what's the word you want to use? He's an apprentice, I suppose, to to the master, and saying that he just looked at De Bruyne playing there and thought, well, if I put if I put Smith Rowe there, maybe he can do the same sort of thing. And the the realistic thing is, whilst we all love Smith Rowe and and believe he can maybe be one day of of a, a really top class level, he isn't that now and he's never played that role ever no. before and it just made absolutely no sense and that's why my mind started to quickly change on on the coach yeah because i just kept seeing things happen over and over again and i'm thinking well why are they go why are we doing this why did we persist with william for so long at the start of the season why did granite Xhaka get put a left back and then when it clearly start stopped working it might have worked against sheffield united in which we blitzed him it might have worked against slavia prague when we blitzed them four nil and he wasn't really involved but when it comes down to the actual crunch games, he started to come undone. And it wasn't even against the biggest of oppositions. He was getting undone against Fulham at home before we even went into that mm. game. Uh, and it was really frustrating seeing that position being used because we then lost so much. It's not even necessarily a big criticism of Granit Xhaka because I felt like well, by putting him at left back, you lost all of his good traits that we get from him when he's in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and the thing is, we could have, you know, Saka's been 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 fantastic for us, but yeah. the, the the downgrade of putting Saka um, Saka leaving Saka out and putting Martinelli was not as big a downgrade as taking Saka um, out of the midfield. You and know? then he put Saka at left back the other day, and it was against um, who is it we played? I can't remember the uh, West Brom. But he put Saka at left back against West Brom, and he was great there. Brilliant. And he was yeah. really good. And you're sitting there going, "Why are you doing this to us? Yeah, well, Why?" Was... Know, it was like it was like God come down to him, wasn't it, and said, "I'm going to injure your Shaka today <laughs> to make you make the decision." And he still didn't do it. He put Tierney in there that's clearly not fit. You yeah. know, and that's nothing to do with inexperience. That's nothing to do with a pandemic or nothing to do with no pre-season. That's just poor managing, poor thing. Put Saka in there, who's tried and tested. You've got Martinelli that can, can play up front. It was like, oh, I don't, I, I don't want to play Martinelli. But, you know, I look at it now. But, you know, I've I put in my team for, for the Chelsea game tomorrow. I want to see Bellingham play tomorrow. I want to see him play tomorrow. I want to see mm. what he can do. Is he, is he, you know, for me, great opportunity to play him. Can he do it against Chelsea? If he can't do it against Chelsea, fair enough. He might need a bit of a loan spell. But you know what? You'll know. Mm. Then play against a Sheffield United or a West Brom. Put him in in the deep end. See, test him. See if he can do it. 
and and you know this is where I'm where I'm just so disappointed with with Arteta. Like you know, he just made so many mistakes. The the re, continuing to play Willian. Now Willian done fantastically well against West Brom. Let's be honest, like you know what I mean. But yeah. you know, yeah, maybe I could. Why why are so many youngsters <laughs> in, in these games now? We know what we know what Willian yeah. can do. He's, he's had n- enough opportunities, and I, and I just can't see. You know, like um, Danny Sabias, for instance, is is not going to be about. I had put him in my team for tomorrow, but like he isn't going to be about. So why don't put in a young kid like you know? What I mean, at least you'll know because at the end of the day, Danny Sabias is not going to be here next season. And and the big decision now, if Leno's not going to be here next season, right? We'll bring in um, Matt Ryan and let him have the next few games. You know, yeah. and I just think that there's not enough. Um, uh, you know, like for instance, he can be ruthless in some ways and then not in other ways. You know, ruthless with uh, with with Guendouzi, ruthless with Pepe, not so ruthless with Shaka. Um, Willian goes off to Dubai. That's all right. You're still in the team. If some, if one of the youngsters done that, they'd have been ripped apart. Tom, yeah. you know, yeah. all things yeah. like that. You know, it's just very very disappointing. I've just been the more the seasons unfolded, the more more and more questions that have. Uh, Come up, up against our team. Yeah. Now people see it earlier than me, and and fair enough. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's because they're more clever than that. They just <laughs> well, they make you think it. That, 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 they'd had enough, and and, and fair enough. But I, I I wanted to see it like. But what I've noticed is that I, there were I was sort of sitting on the fence. There was a lot of real. Uh, I'm not going to mention names that were backing our yeah. and everything like. They've all. Yeah. They've all now said, no, he's got to go. It's not because they don't dislike him. It's because what they've been seeing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've been watching it, you know what I mean? And and and, and backing him, and, and quite rightly so, because you should back a manager. You should back the team, even if you know that the team's not good enough. But yeah. ultimately, the team's not good enough. The manager's not good enough. What's that going to end up? You're going to end up 10th, 11th in the league, which is not, not acceptable. Not acceptable. No, it's not acceptable. It is the reality of the situation and it looks like he's going to be sticking around um, for at least the short term and we'll see what happens this summer. We have reached kind of just past halfway uh, of the show, so I just want to give a couple of shout-outs in the chat box first of all. Lenny213 in the chat says, Lee is a gent and I've had an absolute pleasure of meeting him all the way back in 2005. Wow, we're going back now uh, through Declan F when we played Palace at home. Uh, you're getting younger, mate, he says. Do, do you remember Lenny? That's a blast well, in the past. Sorry, Lenny, I don't, but like, I, I, uh, hopefully I was all right and I wasn't drunk. So yeah. <laughs> it's been a few years since then, yeah, forgive him. Um, and also, seeing as we are at the halfway point through the show, of course, as it is Let's Talk Arsenal, it is, of course, as always, uh, sponsored by our, our fantastic sponsors, Football Prizes. There's a couple of prizes Arsenal-related that, Lee, you'll like one of these spe- uh, specifically. Yeah. Uh, this one is a very nice one. Gabriel Martinelli signed and framed Arsenal montage photograph. Only two ninety five for the ticket. There's 65 available. And there's only 20 sold so far, and there's just over a day left. But there's an even better one uh, that is going to be running out on Friday, which if I could just go onto their main page and scroll down, I should be able to find it. Here it is. It's a Tony Adams signed and framed Arsenal shirt. Uh, they all come with the old certificate of identification and authenticity wow. and all of that. So there you go. That's a pretty decent prize. And there's half the tickets have already gone and you've only got three days left to get them in. So make sure that you get a chance to get a prize. Um, I'm really pleased with kind of the sponsor that we've got. We haven't really done sponsors before, but the fact that we can get kind of these Arsenal-specific related things for the guys. Fantastic. And of course, 
What, what a great. prize. Well, that Tony Adams one, superb. There you go. So make what sure you get it before they run out. Um, anyway, last kind of 10, 15 minutes of the show. Uh, I do want to kind of look at positives, I suppose, is a good word. But maybe the word solution is is the better way, is how we solve this. Obviously, realistically, he's not going to be going. We know that. But what do you kind of want to see happen this summer, Lee? What is it that you have got down on your list of, of priorities that Arteta and the club need to be looking at in regards to squad recruitment and sales, of course? Uh, I'm not. I'm not necessarily worried how much money they spend. But if I'll be honest, what I want to see from this board is ambition. Mm. I want to see a proper ambition. I want to see them look like they really want Arsenal to go places. Now, easy way of doing that is to come out and say, "Well, I'm going to give you five hundred million pounds." Like, but that doesn't mean to say that you're going to be successful with that. So it's got to be. What I'm saying is constructive transfers, you know what I mean? Like, I can't remember, Tom, the last time I was excited after a summer window when I thought, you know what, Arsenal, this could be our season. This could be the season when we can do this and do that. It's been uh, not quite good enough. Not, you know, we're still one or two that I don't, I want to go into the summer going, do you know what? They've covered every single base to try and make us a top five, top four side. Let's forget about the title, top four side, really challenging, you know. We should be now challenging the top top four at this stage of the season with three or, three or four games left. We should be in and around it and we're not. So that's what I want to see. Now, it doesn't mean to say that we've got to bring in 50, 60 million pounds central defenders, the proper, proper players in proper positions. But obviously, like, I do want to see a, a, a big marquee signing. Now, I go back to 1983 when we're in the same position that we are now, poor, not doing really, really well. And, and I'll be honest, we, we, we had players like Lee Chapman, John Hawley up front, people like that, Ray Hanking, guys on the chat won't even remember those guys, but they were there. Um, we got in Tony Woodcock and, and, and then the, in 83, we got Charlie Nicholas. It changed the, everybody then, was looking forward to going to the games. It probably didn't work out as well as it should have done, but it gave the fans a lift. And mm. us fans need a lift. We need something to hang our hat on. And as much as we've got good youngsters, the bad times during the Terry Neal times and all that, when I was growing up, like I looked at it, we had Liam Brady, Frank Stapleton, David O'Leary, Graham Ricks, players that were top, top players at their time. I look at this Arsenal team, Tom, there's not one I can really say he's a fantastic player. Yes, you've got um, Saka and Smith-Rowe, but they're 20 and 19 years of age. You know what I mean? They're not properly yeah. where you want to be at this moment. We need someone to pin our hats on and be excited about. So the people we've like, you know, going back to that when Charlie Nicholas signed, everybody's having their ears permed and having long hair and things like that. <laughs> that sort of thing, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that I don't want a long hair player, but I'm saying <laughs> something that can give the fans a massive lift and go, do you know what? Come August at whatever it is, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, I'm looking forward to going to the game, not making it a chore what it has been for the last three or four. Well, certainly under this cronky rain, it has. I want us to be excited, not a chore. 
Oh, those choice of words. Be excited. Oh. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting flashbacks. I'm getting nightmares all of a sudden. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr in the chat says, I want to see one future proofing young-ish signings that we could sell or maybe in the future. Of course, it's something that we haven't done by bringing the likes of Willian, etc., that have just been an absolute waste of money at the moment. Uh, and number two, definite and realistic season targets. Uh, definitive, maybe he means. And uh, number three, uh, end uh, the legacy of yeah. the retirement contract that we see also like with Aubameyang like we've seen in the past of Ozil it, we need to be smarter that, that's ultimately what we need to do um, it's what ultimately what I want to see though Lee is I agree with you in the kind of the statement signings and the way that we need to lift the fan base with those types of deals but I, I do kind of want to not even necessarily like I'm not talking about a huge marquee deal I'm not talking about expecting a Jack Grealish and someone's going to cost 80, 90 million but I just want to see yeah, of course. I just want to see sensible signings made. I want to see yeah. Arsenal go out and sign players from within England. I want to. We haven't done that in so long. And I'm talking about yeah. kind of players that are going to be at the top of their game at their clubs, not surplus players like like Cedric and Willian and Welbeck. Not these guys. I want to see Basuma come in because he's played excellently for for Brighton. Yeah. He's a well coveted player. I want to see Emi Buendia come in from Norwich because I think he's an excellent talent and has scored a ridiculous amount of goals. He's versatile. He can play on loads of different positions and I think he'd be really good for Smith Rowe as well because Smith Rowe's enjoyed playing in a wider role and you, I think you can interchange those two in different positions as well. I just want to see us make signings that are actually going to have a, an immediate impact and make a real difference and I feel like those types of signings can really get the fans on boards and if they can get it done also and not kind of you know flitter away the transfer window and do this on deadline day get it done at the start get it done early get them in get the pre-season get them in before the euros because the euros is happening some of those players aren't going to be going off to play international tournaments so get them in in june july i know that the window isn't open till july but it doesn't stop teams from signing players i mean Werner joined chelsea at ridiculously early in the season yeah you've seen leicester move for samare as well already at this point in the season you need to get them in now you need to get them in as soon as possible as soon as that season finishes i want to see players starting getting signed by the club because it's it's just what we need to lift the fan base and and it will prove to us also that the club is serious about this season which we yeah. just haven't really seen for a long time we need free midfield players tom free yeah. free free yeah. That's, that's the start free midfield players with goal scoring ability you know mm. um People used to criticise Aaron Ramsey, you know what I mean? But like he scored more goals in one he scored more goals in one season than all of our midfielders put together. We, mm. we used to, you know, mock it really in a way, you know what I mean? But that's what we need. We need to that to sign players and that. I don't care, you know, if they come from Brighton, Crystal Palace, or or or, or whatever, as long as they do do the job. Now you know that 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 is as simple as simple as it is. You know, and Arsenal can take these sort of players away from these clubs because we're Arsenal Football Club. You know, and that 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 is what we've got to do. And and um, we we're not we we can't shop at Harrods. We know that, but we can shop a, a little bit better than Liddles, and that's what we've got to do. Like, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a perfect analogy, and I we need to be in a position where one day we are back at Harrods, and, and we exactly, are that exactly, is that it's not going to necessarily happen right now, but Arsenal need to put themselves again into that standing where they're a club that players want to come to. Because the whole rhetoric of like Arsenal being, or players being fans of Arsenal is a big thing that's kind of put forwards. I mean, you look at the whole Camavinga links that he grew up with, with Arsenal posters in his room and stuff. 
the the likes of Thierry Henry and the Dennis Bergkamp's and the Arsene Wenger golden era, which a lot of kind of the younger players uh, coming through right now lived through, that will only last for so long. And we need to start eventually making our own kind of our own heritage in the modern era that fans are going to want to support. I mean, I'm growing up in the south of England and I'm seeing Man City kits cropping up all over the place. And and I'm not seeing too many kids wearing Arsenal shirts these days. And it might not matter to some people, but it is a problem. It is genuinely an issue that 100%. Arsenal lose that, that lose that notoriety. Tom, if I was a young kid now, I don't think I'd support Arsenal. Why would you support Arsenal? There's nothing, no real... <laughs> standout players that, that you know get bullied in the playground <laughs> yeah this is what i'm saying when i was when i was a kid growing up arsenal were, we had liam brady we had those sort of guys frank Stanton and like john radford mm. george armstrong just before that you know players that my dad used to go on about like you know and that ingrained in you you know tottenham had martin chivers and people like that and, and it, you know there was always someone to hang your hat on and all of a sudden now you know, you're, you're, you know, Saka is probably probably the one, but he's 19 years of age. It's a little bit different. You know, you look at Manchester City. God, take your pick, De Bruyne. You know, um, you know. As I say, I don't, I'm not in the in the playgrounds no more as a kid. But like, you, I imagine all the kids now playing saying De Bruyne. They're saying this. You know, but even with my son's uh, era, uh, he's now 20. Like, you know, what I mean, it was Drogba and, and you know, talking about Chelsea and people like that. You know. Uh, we, it's been a long, long time since Arsenal have had someone you could turn around and go, whoa, yeah. You know, we're, we're going back 16, 17 years now to the Thierry Henry, you know, like or 20 years, you know, if you, if you think to the Henrys and Vieiras and all that. Like. Now, if he was growing up in that era, yeah, mm. I, like, you know, I mean, I, I want to be, be like Patrick Vieira. You know, I, I was still playing at that, those times, Tom, right? And I mean, you might think this is silly, but... They used to put the Vaseline, didn't they, on on the old shirt and all that. I was yeah. still playing semi-pro then. I'm putting a slapping a bit of the old uh, um, <laughs> on the uh, on, on my shirt, like the old kit man used to say, "That ain't coming out, judges. I'm getting it on there." Because I want to be like <laughs> at 30, 36, 37, like you know. Yeah. That's the difference. One of these, oh, I say it now, someone, and, and you might think that I'm sick. Back in the day, if Ian Wright was over on the M25, I'd, I'd dodge across to go and see him and say hello, or all, mm. all those Arsenal players, you know what I mean? The Omri's, Vieras, and all that. Like, uh, If I see the Arsenal squad walking past my house now, I'd draw the curtains. It's just like, <laughs> now, like, you know what I mean? So yeah. that, that is it, you know, and that's what we've grown up with. And what I'm seeing now, if I was a kid now, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be supporting Arsenal. No, are you? I is it, yeah. I, I I can't disagree and and think about like the kids when obviously used to be used to be a teacher, of course, and you, you conversations that go on and you hear them, and it's just Arsenal just are not spoken about in any way or shape or yeah. form. In the the same bigger, way. Like, even with Spurs around this area now, like Harry Kane, for instance, mm. is the England captain. Mm. So that's a big thing for kids, you know, when you're younger and all that. Like we haven't we we. we, we we haven't got we, we we I used to moan when Tony Adams weren't captain for England. We got when are we going to have an England player be captain for England? You know what I mean? Like I ain't never going to. I yeah. don't think we'll ever ever see it. You know I mean, what I mean? Rob, Rob, even Rob Holding and I've defended the guy, but when Rob Holding is is Arsenal captain, I look at that and I go, oh, it's, it just doesn't. It's it's nowhere near kind of the level that Arsenal need to be and. 
I've, I've respects the guy and I think that he can be I'm glad that we signed up to a new deal to be a squad player for us going forwards but he's, he shouldn't be a starting centre back for Arsenal really well, not, he's not, not a captain, not he's a captain. Not, not, especially Very not cool. a captain and that's and it's, a, it's a really that's the thing that obviously hopefully will change is that I look at last summer and I see Gabriel and Partey coming I think okay we're moving in the right kind of direction with the, the players that we're bringing in and hopefully that carries on this summer but a year is a long time in football um, and the gap between summer windows is a hell of a long time and a lot has changed in that time. Um, let's try and finish the show on a positive league. Can, can you come up with any kind of hope, any any prospective thoughts uh, that the fans can kind of rest their hat on and go, you know what, I can finish this show uh, <laughs> on a positive. I'm, I'm trying to lengthen this out to give you a long amount of thinking time <laughs> to come well, up with I, 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 I know what the positive is. The positive is, is uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel, whether you like, whether he comes in or not, what that will do, what that will do, and also the Super League will make a couple of things happen. Like, you know, mm. it will either make the Cronkies invest because they've they've got to because, you know, otherwise why are they there? And, it, and if they don't want to do it, then they sell up. So there's the two positives. Either this ball shapes up or it ships out. It's as simple as that now. It's going to come down to that, like. And, and I think that it will. I think that um, they can't talk about it no more because there is those offers there. They've sold their they've, – they've sort of played their hand a little bit with the Super League and, and you know, it's, it's messed them up. So they've got two options now. And I, I the, the, whatever option it would be – I think it'll be good for Arsenal football, for uh, Arsenal fans. Mm. You know, they either invest or they ship out, and um, I, I think that they'll have to invest. I don't, I don't see them shipping out. Whether they invest enough or not, that's a different thing. But I do think there will be more positives and negatives in that department. But the worrying thing is then is is can Arteta gel them together? That we'll have to wait and see. We will. It's going to be an interesting summer for mm. sure about how Arsenal kind of approach it, the players that are brought in, and then obviously how we start the campaign next season. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, Lee, as always. No, uh, no worries. No worries. Yeah, you, that quick 45 minutes that was, Tom. Flies by when you're having fun. I'm, I'll I'm tell you what, I've been quicker than a lot of like, first halves at, at Arsenal watching Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you tell me. Although I have to tell you, watching that West Brom game, I thought the half went so quick and I thought it was a... Uh, if anything, it was kind of, uh, what's the word, a, a mercy uh, that it went quite quickly, if anything, I felt. Uh, I was staggered by the time we got to half-time. Um, but tell people where they can find you on the socials, Lee. I'm sure they know already. But yeah, yeah, Lee Mark Judge is on uh, Twitter and, of course, on Instagram as well. And uh, obviously, same old Arsenal, AFTV, whatever you want to pick that yeah. There you go. Just before we wrap up, we have one more super chat that came in uh, from Davin, who said Arsenal's lack of uh, Arsenal lacks a winning culture. The manager and the board have to be on the same page when it comes to reaching our targets. And fingers crossed, there is there's that little bit of hope that fills me. If, if Arteta didn't feel that there was going to be the backing and that his plan wasn't going to get put into action, would he really stick around? I'm not. I don't know. That's. I'm kind of hoping that there might be some some weight to that but we will see thank you chat box uh, for tuning in you've been absolutely fantastic with your comments of course our friday shows you are the stars of that and we'll be getting through as many of those as feasibly possible join us a little bit later on this evening when i'll be doing another tactical breakdown on uh, Dennis Sagaria, the Switzerland midfielder that we've been linked to as well. So that'll be an intriguing one for you. And then we'll be back tomorrow morning as well at 8 a.m. Lee, I'm getting up at 8 a.m. every day to do shows. It's crazy. Uh, well, that ain't too bad. It could be, could be worse, couldn't it? You could be getting up yeah. to go to school. 
exactly. exactly. Some do. Some do. Imagine that life. <laughs> we'll see you again very, very soon. It's been a pleasure to meet you as always. And as always, up the arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.